Welcome to the Jeff Knows Inc. Show with your host, Jeff Lopes, where we bring you the world's top athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, influencers, and their journeys to success. Hey everyone, I got to tell you about a product I've been using lately called Feedback Loop. If you're a project manager, an innovator, or even just a startup guy, whatever it is, like myself, you know it's always a struggle to make your next big idea a big hit. And let's be honest, 85% of new products always fail. And the huge reason why for failure is it's just too hard to validate that product, get a true fit with your customers. And if you're working with old style marketing research, you know it's too slow. Too complicated and way too expensive for a fast-moving team trying to build something great. But what if I were to tell you you could test all of your products and your product ideas to real targeted consumers whenever you want before you put all that money and time into new development? This is the main reason why startups and 500 fortune companies use Feedback Loop. They're looking for the feedback from their targeted customers early and as often as possible. Feedback Loop is hands down the best test before you invest product research platform on the market. You get to create your own tests in minutes and get feedback insights within hours of your exact target audience. And if you go now to go.feedbackloop.com forward slash Jeff, you'll get three full tests for free. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Three full tests for free. So if you want your next product to be a hit, make sure you test before you invest and launch with confidence with Feedback Loop. This episode is brought to you by Monk Pack. Monk Pack is a low sugar, gluten free, and non GMO nutrition bar that tastes absolutely delicious. The team at Monk Pack was kind enough to send a massive care package to my house. My wife, my kids, we all live a healthy lifestyle and we all absolutely love the bars. These bars only contain one gram of sugar, making them the absolutely perfect snack. Anyone trying to cut down on their carbs without sacrificing taste, this has to be your number one choice. Monk Pack comes in a variety of flavors, hands down. My favorite is coconut cocoa chip. Lately, I've been finding myself grabbing one of these healthy bars on the way out for a breakfast alternative instead of grabbing a bowl of cereal full of tons of sugar. One thing I love about these bars is not only do they taste absolutely amazing, but they have that soft, chewy texture. It reminds me almost like a candy bar or even a sugary snack I'd have as a child. So with Monk Pack, you get the best of both worlds. A great tasting snack without the unhealthy high sugar content. Right now, Jeff Knows Inc. listeners get a total discount of 20% off their first purchase of Monk Pack product. All you have to do is visit MonkPack.com and use the coupon code JeffKnows at checkout. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K dot com. Pick your product and use that coupon code of Jeff Knows. That's J-E-F-F-K-N-O-W-S at checkout to save 25% off your first purchase. Welcome to episode 180 of the Jeff Knows Name Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today Craig Livingston. Craig is a branding and social media expert. He's been the man behind the scenes for influencers like Zion Clark. Great conversation. Sit back and enjoy. We are live. We are live on the Jeff Nosing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today, Craig Levinson. What is up, brother? How you doing, man? This is going to be a, a fun conversation. I met Craig actually uh, through booking of Zion Clark on our podcast, and uh, we're going to talk a little about that. But today, the part, essentially, we want to get to know who Craig is and and his story and just everything about him. And I think today will be a great, great conversation, a fun conversation. So where, where are you based out of right now, Craig? I'm based out of San Diego. So San Diego, California. Um, been here 14 years, 
and I uh, just love it. This is this is home to me. It's something that just resonates with me. How, how is? I mean, I, I don't want to really get a long period of time talking about it, but how has it been through the lockdowns in LA and all that stuff like that? Like, you hear you guys are very um, similar to how we've been in Toronto, Canada. Are, yeah. are the restrictions kind of lifted up and the things are back to reality there? Things are back to reality. And what's crazy is San Diego was always a lot more laid back than LA was. So okay. LA restrictions were crazy. And I feel like part of that was just so many people coming in out of LA where San Diego were like, all right, we're going to be a little bit more chill about everything. Yeah. So things have been fairly open here, even when LA was closed. And um, that's another reason I love San Diego. But um you know, things things were super chill through the lockdown. So fortunate, uh, fortunate. And now things are completely open. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I actually just got back from South Korea a couple of weeks ago with Zion, and uh, just transparently, I'm not vaccinated, and I didn't have to be vaccinated to go there, which was awesome. Would you? Get, how long were you guys in South Korea for? We were there for a week. So I, I, um, I, I brought him over there to work with some of the biggest K-pop stars and reality TV shows and uh, did a keynote in front of a large audience. So kind of immersing him into uh, Korean culture. Very, 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 very cool. Hi, let's talk about, about that a bit. Yeah. Zion Clark, when, when did you meet him? How did that relationship start? So I met him four years ago, actually, through one of your other guests, uh, Mada. So yeah. Mada was backstage with Jason Momoa working with him at the time. Yeah. And uh, Zion got invited to be on the Ellen show. So they brought him backstage. So we had seen him two weeks prior to that on social media. Me and Mada owned a supplement company together. And um, we had seen him on social media and were just blown away by the things he was doing. You know, box jumps on his hands and bench pressing, climbing ropes. And we're like, man, we need to work with this guy in some capacity and at least get to know him. We're inspired by him, you know, like everybody else. Yeah. And uh, two weeks later, Mada's calling me from the backstage of the Ellen show, like freaking out, like, hey, Zion's here, Zion's here. And uh, Zion's freaking out because Jason Momoa is right in front of him. <laughs> and, um, you know, that night he comes over for dinner with his mom and um, we all just, you know, hit it off and, uh, and you know, built a, a working relationship and more importantly, a, a friendship with him. And, uh, you know, through these last four years, got to know him better and, and closer relationship. He stayed with me for about four months when COVID started. And um, about a year ago is when I really took over full time was like, man, I'm going to just help this kid turn him into a brand and really blow up his story and inspire more people than he already is. And, you know, just grow with him. So that was a year ago when I took over full time and, um, you know, I've tripled he, it. Did he did he have a management group prior or anything, or he was doing everything on his own? He, he didn't have a group. He has a, a guy who actually I'm still close with, uh, uh, Tony Mazzoni. He's from Ohio, and he's the one which you know first started working with Zion. But he kind of handed everything off to me. and was like, dude, you're doing an incredible job. You just take take over. You know, if you need me for anything, by all means, reach out. He's more a sc- screenplay writer and storyteller and that's what he loves to do this isn't something you know was he it. was he the gentleman that helped him set up with the netflix uh no he wasn't so okay. he, what happened with netflix um a guy just approached him and wanted to tell a story and yeah um so tony got involved right after that so zion was 17 when he signed with netflix uh, or he signed with uh you know sundance uh film producer which sold to netflix but yeah. he was 17 at the time and then 
Tony came in the picture right after that. And, um, you know, now kind of handed, handed the lead off to me. I was like, you know, you, uh, you take over. How, how amazing is it working with somebody? I mean, that short period of interview I did with Diane, his energy, his joy for love and love for life and just joy for just spreading, I guess, happiness in the world in a way like how, how exciting or how fun is it working with them on a, on a regular basis? Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. That's awesome, man. It's, it's a, you know, I always say everything in life's perspective and it's, it's a constant perspective shift from seeing life as somebody else does, you know, completely yeah. different to you. And it's a constant reminder to be grateful for what you have. And, you know, just seeing a simple task like him, you know, grabbing his wheelchair himself and putting it in his car or climbing a counter to, you know, make food and brush his teeth it's it's this constant yeah reminder to me like you know be grateful for what you have and also just surrounding yourself with somebody like that is is great because we more you know because people often ask my role in his life and it's biggest thing is like I'm I'm a I'm a mentor to him and I'm helping him you know make good decisions and, and kind of pave the way with him where it's like you know I've never had a mentor myself but he looks at me as like his bigger brother um yeah he, he never had a family growing up obviously and never had a support system, never had people to teach him those values. So that's something you can take, you know, with the rest of your life, bigger than management and learning. Oh, to, 100%. To that kind of thing. So we formed a bond and that's the biggest, um, yeah, I always say that's the biggest thing I've, I've, I've done with him or helped him with or continue to grow with him. It's somebody he can rely on. No, I'll be there through the ups and downs, the good and bad. You know, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something very deep that we've created and, even in working relationships, people see that like, damn, you play a huge role in this this kid's life. You're not just a an old school manager who's you know they're trying to negotiate money. It's like, no, we we're yeah. a tandem. We're we're a one two punch. So, where where do you see yourself business wise? I mean, that is in the end of the day. I mean, obviously you have a relationship yeah. with them, but do you see yourself expanding in that field with other clients? Do you like where do you want to go with it? Yeah, to a degree. I mean, I've been approached, you know, um, fairly often about managing other clients and and helping because, you know, I run all the social. I've taken the social media from three hundred thousand to over a million in under a year. Um, took his TikTok from zero, didn't even have one to a mil- over a million followers in that same period. So, and I've created him a Snapchat show. So I've, I kind of, you know, I do the marketing side of things too, um, speaking engagements, nonprofit, but. I'm all about doing things right. I want my hands on anything I do do to a degree. So I would never scale this out into some huge business that is this big agency and I'm working with a ton of people. I'm very, I, I like to be intimate. I like to be hands on. I like to form real human connections with people and, and relationships. So I am in the process of, you know, bringing on a couple other people or look, seeing what that looks like. So at the moment, it's more advisory work I do with other clients and, kind of steer them in the right direction and still provide my skill set to people 
without having to like bring them on full time, so to speak. Um, so in terms of, you know, I just, I'm a connector. I love connecting good people. Um, I love opening doors for people. I love seeing other people around me succeed in life and, um, yeah. and know that, you know, when you put good into the world and you have good intentions, that comes back around. And, yeah. and I've realized that it truly makes a difference. I always say your reputation and who you are travels very far in both directions. If you're a good person and you do good things, people will speak highly of you and in, in just naturally in what you do. But the same, you know, if, if you, you aren't a good person and you don't do good business and you screw people over, that'll travel very quick in the world and community of what you do as well. And it's like integrity is everything to me. Uh, yeah. Being a good person and having integrity and, and doing things with good intention and, and not doing things to expect something in return, doing just to do good and, and and that's you know the way the world works and that's that's my mentality with life and with uh with business so i love that i love that I, i've been an entrepreneur i don't know if you know much about myself but i've been an entrepreneur for well over 26 years i started when i was 19 i actually started when i was 17 but 19 i officially count and um over the last little maybe two years three years i've taken a little over 60 different entrepreneurs under my wing young entrepreneurs and just helped them guide and i've reality just lately i've been charging a few but majority of them i would say about 90 percent of them i've never charged a penny it was always just giving back seeing them grow seeing them develop i i, I i'm in a situation in my life where i'm very comfortable i'm doing well I love seeing other young entrepreneurs develop. And if they have that question and they have that thing, I could be a phone call or a text away. So I, I appreciate everything you're doing with that. And I understand that fully. So I, I love that part of it. Let's talk about yourself growing up. Where'd you grow up? And and, um, and, and, and basketball was a huge part of your upbringing because we talked about that prior to going on air. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So originally from Johannesburg, South Africa, that that's, you know, home to me. It's still... Yeah um something i have a fond memory of even my parents said when we migrated from there you know at about nine years old they were like you're devastated beyond anyone else in our family yeah um so it's a very there's a very strong connection to africa and animals and you know just the culture from what i remember it um obviously it's not the most safe place in the world so luckily it's all fond memories i have leaving as a child um and we left because of you know crime and uh, just not a good place to, to raise children. So that took me to New Zealand, where I spent about a third of my life. Um, obviously, very safe place. Kids, do, uh, uh, cops don't even carry guns. So you're going from one of the most dangerous cities in the world to uh, one of the safest countries in the world. And, um, you know, my family did that to, uh, to create a, a good future for their children. They made a sacrifice, you know, financially, they did better in South Africa, but they, they were like, all right, we're starting fresh. Didn't know a single person in New Zealand and uh, have a lot of admiration for them for, you know, making that sacrifice for their children, me and my brothers. And um, yeah, so I grew up, grew up in New Zealand through my teenage years. Um, you know, I was always an athlete, always super athletic. I mean, first dunked to basketball at 13 years old. Um, you could ask mother, I was just, I was always like a, you know, just a, a freakish athlete from a young age. It was how, how, how tall are you? Like six two, six one, six two. Okay, okay. Um, so you know, grew up uh, soccer and played a bit of rugby and some other sports, but always always been an athlete. Always you know, been disciplined in that manner. Um, which then yeah took me to to basketball, which I found a passion and love for. 
and um, always wanted to play in the U.S. Like any kid overseas, you see an opportunity to play in the U.S., you, you're going to take it or, or make it happen. Um, so I have other friends, me and Mada both have other friends, which did the same. Um, and at 19 years old, you know, saved up some money, whatever I could, and moved to the U.S., um, got in touch with some coaches here and, and gave me an opportunity to move here and pursue my dream. So my parents thought it'd be like a year, you know, my mom was like, I have a very close relationship with my parents. So my mom was like, you know, yeah, I'll have my child back. And, you know, he got to experience life there and yeah. got to pursue his dream. And then, you know, two years go by, three years go by. And, you know, she, they start to realize like, well, maybe, you know, he could get his college education and then come home after that. And um, where, where'd you play yeah. in? Where'd you play? What schools you go to in the U.S.? I went to Cal State San Marcos. It's a D two school in uh, in San Diego. Uh, yeah. Went to a JUCO before that um, yeah. for a year then, or two. Yeah, yeah. Before, Which is yeah, the route yeah. a lot of people do. They do the JUCO and they they do a year or two year, then they pop it up to a Division one or Division two. Exactly. So yeah, I went to a, a good D two school. We were you know top ten in the country. NAI played UCLA, San Diego State you know, Nevada Wolfpack. We played some big schools. Yeah. A very good program. So, you know, that that opened a lot of doors for me and um just instilled a lot of discipline and and obviously like like sport, it teaches you a lot of good things, a lot of um a lot of values that you don't necessarily realize at the time while you're doing it. But once you look look at life and see what that taught you and look back, you're like, man, Basketball was a real milestone for me and stepping stone to project into other areas of life. And, um, you know, basketball took me very far. And then my senior year, I had a, you know, pretty freak uh, accident and dislocated my right ankle. So went up to, to dunk on somebody, you know, that was, that was the thing. My mentality was fearless on the court and that was a blessing and a curse because I would, I would use my athleticism wherever I could, but, one day I went up and landed awkwardly and my whole ankle completely popped out, which is pretty hard to dislocate an ankle. Yeah, you know, I was about to say. Pop, pop in and out. Yeah. Ankles don't. They, uh, they, they really don't. So that was very devastating to, you know, somebody that wanted to play professional basketball, um, you know, so had immediate surgery. So I have hardware through my tibia and fibula, which hold it all together and yeah, that has that never never came right like it will never be 100 percent um i do what i can and i'm not going to make an excuse for it I, I i still am a great athlete i still train i you know picked up boxing a few years ago and stay in great shape but um so that you know that pivoted me into the world of doing something else and understanding what it takes to be an athlete but now from a management standpoint um, doing things from a from a different area and different perspective, but knowing you know what athletes need as a support system. So that's where things developed with with Zion and and other people around too of of being in their shoes and knowing what it is to be in their shoes, but then also uh, providing value in another area. How long of recovery time was that injury? Uh, like you would he, you would you would hear a break before a dislocate of an ankle. So that's just like wow. Yeah, no, it's, I, I wish I just broke it. I, you know, I wish I broke it in every place, but not dislocated it. Um, yeah. So with the dislocation, yeah, there's all that, you know, ligament damage. I was um, able to say that the ligament damage must have been severe too, uh, the tears. It is. It's still like, you know, uh, calcification through my ligaments. And, you know, I've had a lot of stem cell therapy to try to get it right. I'm big into regenerative <laughs> medicine. So I've 
I've done anything and everything you could think of, and I do a ton of research in this world. So yeah. that's about 18 months to two years, but um, I have limited dorsiflexion. I can't, you know, do certain So is, is, is that recent? Oh, no, this was 2012. Okay, 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 okay. That's what I was to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, when you said it was been about a year, year and a half. So is that, you're talking about your therapy? Oh, the recovery. You yeah, yeah. oh, the recovery time. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Year and a half, two years, yeah. Yeah. So we're... Let's let's talk a little bit about that. It's something I have I have interest in. I've been trying to read up a lot on the stem yeah. cell research and and just in general. Like, when did you start that? How many times have you actually done the process? Have you what kind of results have you seen from it? So, just to give you a little background, I I've been into regenerative medicine for a long time. So, I was doing prolotherapy, which uh, uses uh, dextrose. They inject yeah, dextrose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inflammatory response. So, I was doing prolotherapy uh, thirteen years ago, where it was wow. first first a thing and then developed into PRP, which yeah. I was also doing 10 plus years ago. So I'm very like, I'm a big believer in holistic health and taking a holistic approach to life and, and health in general. So yeah. I've always had this mentality of thinking outside the box and um, just, you, you know, seeing what the body can do to heal itself. And so, yeah, anyway, Dec uh, uh, the Prolo developed to PRP for injuries and then eventually did a, a bunch of research for the ankle and, um, you know, got into uh, stem cell therapy, which I, I've done different forms of stem cell. I've, you know, most recent was bone marrow. Uh, so they took uh, stem cells out of my bone marrow in my hip yeah. and inject into your hip and, and extract that, put it in a centrifuge the same way PRP works yeah. and then inject it back into the site. And um, the mesenchymal cells, which, you know, live within the bone marrow are meant to um yeah they kind of have a homing effect in the body and they kind of move towards where the injury, injury is yeah exactly so it's supposedly stem cells are the only thing that can actually regrow cartilage because i've got arthritis in my ankle now i yeah. have some arthritis from the injury and that's what i'm trying to do is prevent onset of degenerative issue you know especially as i get older and um as my ankle gets older so to speak so yeah, did a lot of research. I'm actually looking at getting some more stem cells. I did in, endogenous stem cells from myself. Now I'm looking at exogenous, which you know, from things like um, placental. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's the big that's the big move towards that in the last couple of years too, right? It is pluripotent stem cells, which you're getting from a, a different source. There's some controversy around it because you're taking cells from you know something that's not you. Yeah. But, um, you know, from my research, I, I'm pretty diligent with researching things before I, I do them. So that, that's it's, it's interesting how certain aspects and you go to anything. I mean, I've I've had I've heard stories where if you even if you do hair transplant, I mean, if it's not your own hair, your body will reject it. And it's interesting yeah. how with the placenta, your body seems to react quite well. Like I've had a, quite a few people that I know have done it and they, yeah. they say the results the, the initial results it does over time mm -hmm. start weighing away but the initial results are just drastic like literally the movement the um the 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 pain relief instantly within days you see the results from it yeah no for sure i've i've overall like um through anecdotes and friends and stuff had had amazing feedback and you know high level athletes nfl uh ufc fighters so i have a couple really good doctors which i'll probably end up going with yeah. And even for organ failure, um, heart issues, kidneys, liver, they uh, 
it's pretty remarkable what stem cells can do. I know it is the future. In, in certain regards, it might, in my, I might not be there yet, also per FDA regulation and things like that. But um, do, you think, do, you, it, do you think the pharmaceutical companies are holding it back right now? Yeah, I mean, realistically, I think whenever you have something naturally that is that powerful and, and can make that much of a difference, you know, in reality, I think I think it is is held back from many makers and pharmaceuticals. How, how how many years do you think we're away from people harvesting or 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 opening up their having a, somewhere in their garage with extra organs and extra yeah. stuff for for for? I mean, it's it's it is the future. Yeah, a hundred percent is. I mean, it's a good question. I. I um, I think, I mean, I think it's always going to be a, c- a controlled environment where, you know, doctors are facilitating everything and it, it's all very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just over exaggerating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, I think, um, I don't know, I would say within the next 10 years, I, I think it, I think it all comes down to regulation. I think there's certain countries that will progress further with it and yeah. they're already willing to like you know, push these boundaries or test things because there isn't an FDA board and regulation the same way there is here. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously those countries... A lot, a lot of those South American countries have been really exactly. on this for years. Panama, Colombia is big. Oh, huge. Big. Huge, um, huge, huge. Yeah, especially Colombia. Colombia, Panamerica is, is... I mean, they've been on this. You hear celebrities have been going down there for 10, 12, 13 oh, years. Yeah. And, and Gibson took his dad down yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. For that podcast. So... Yeah, I've, I've I've done a good amount of research just with with. Um, I just find it so interesting, right? It's just it's it's, it it's crazy it how the technology. Like, I mean, the only thing they really haven't kind of figured out is obviously the deterioration of the brain, right? That's something that a lot of people are still trying to focus on. But it's it's how much we're progressing. And you're saying ten years. I mean, if you see the way technology is progressing, I mean, that could be five years. That could be. And yeah. in reality, is it's all about also the money. Who's got the that's, money? Who's that's, willing that's, to do it, right? Honest, I say 10 years just because of like getting through the FDA and things like that. I don't yeah. say from a techn- technological standpoint, more just being accepted in, uh, you know, I guess, first world society, Western society as like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll now be willing to accept it. Um, yeah. So it, it is crazy. It is super exciting, though, to know like, the future and and the direction we can move in and help people, you know, well, just in general, the lifespan. I mean, if you look yeah. at a lifespan of an average adult, I mean, what are you looking at? 75, 80 years. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's, and that's really the lucky ones. I mean, mm-hmm. that could, that could, I mean, you're going to get people passing hundred on a regular basis. Once, once they actually start implying these into, into normal regulations, right. It's just going to, the lifespan of people are just going to, obviously this would be at the beginning people with obviously the more the more funds behind them but it's going to really progress pretty rapidly and not only um lifespan quality of life yeah 100 100 100 you know it's like i want to age i take such good care of myself because i want to age well where my age doesn't matter you know like if i could be playing basketball still and hiking and being outdoors at 70 80 years old that's important to me. I don't care about the number. I care about quality. Of life. How, how old are you right now? 34. Yeah, you're still a young pup, man. I'm, yeah, four, I'm, no, four, I'm, four, I'm 45, buddy. I feel yeah. like I'm 35. Like, I, I, I try to take care of myself. I, I eat extremely well. I, I eat clean. I take my vitamins. I, I train regularly. I've been working out pretty much since I was 16, always taking care of myself. 
And yeah. so I feel like I'm in my thirties and well, it's amazing, right? You know, that's all that matters. I mean, uh, even as I, I get older, I see like more and more of my friends fall off. Um, I, I don't know. I've got a, a deep instilled discipline. I mean, I've been eating health conscious since I was 13. I was 13 years old eating pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, yeah. you know, uh, canned sardines. Um, I didn't know why exactly, but I knew I was doing something good for myself. Like all my, co- all my uh, teammates in school were like, dude, get those sardines. I was about to say, of all, of all things you're going to say, it's canned sardines. I'll like, say, I, I think you're going to go canned tuna or something. Canned sardines. I canned love sardines. it. I knew they were healthy in a way, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I didn't like it. I'll, I'll put it this way too. A lot of that stuff, I didn't necessarily enjoy, get any form of enjoyment out of. And that's yeah. why, you know, I, I've followed this path for a long time. Um, but I know it was something, it's part of my calling and who I am. Um, yeah. It's, I'm extremely disciplined with food. And it's it's not like I ever feel like I'm missing out on not eating fast food. I don't crave it. It's not yeah. like people are like, damn, are you, how do you do it? How do you, you know, deprive yourself from, I'm like, I'm not depriving myself. It's not part, my brain doesn't register that. I don't, your palate adapts to how you treat 100, it. 100%, 100%. You know I mean? if, if I never eat that kind of stuff, it actually give me a sore stomach if I ate something. 100%, 100%. Agree with. So when I tell people, they're like, oh, okay, makes sense. I'm like, trust me, I don't deprive myself of things. It, it's, that's yeah, who I am. Yeah, this is yeah, who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it, it, exactly what you're saying. Because, I mean, I did, when I was 18, 19, 20, I did three shows, three bodybuilding shows. I was a lot bigger back then. I'll show you pictures. I was way bigger. And yeah. and I, you go extremely, like, hardcore dieting for three months prior to the show. And you would allow the last five, six weeks, we would go either a half a cheat day or a full cheat day once a week with a nutritionist. And yeah. when it comes to that cheat day, you would start eating after the first cheat meal. You're like, I'm done for the day. You just feel like shit because yeah. your body yeah. is, is filled with so much good nutrients all day long. When you eat that, it's just your energy, your ear, that sugar, yeah. it just, it, everything just drains you down. Right. And you feel it automatically. So your body doesn't even want it. Even if you're psychologically looking at it, like, oh, that's going to give me a good feeling. It's just, it's that, it's that, it's that euphobia, like how your body reacts to food. Right. And when it sees something yeah. is that you, you. I have an example. We have a friend of ours that well, I was having this conversation the other day and their go-to when they're depressed is McDonald's. And, I, and we're just having a conversation. I'm like, why did you? And they're like, when I was a kid, anytime we did something good, my dad would bring home McDonald's. Is that, is that, that lock of your mind? That's all it is, right? Is that, that whole lock of how this is going to make me feel is when I put this food in my mouth, it's going to bring back these good memories. Yeah, and, yeah. and and a lot of people do that with food. That's how they react with food, right? It's just, it just is that euphoria of just how they're going to feel and how it's going to give them that 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 instant gratification, right? And and the body's very adaptable. So if you eat junk food all day long, it's going to learn to adapt and realize, yeah. all right, this is the diet you're feeding me. I now have to adapt to this form of eating. You know, the same way way you eat health you know, being health conscious and eating super healthy, it adapts to what you feed it. And food is information. I always tell people that. Yeah, yeah, A yeah. calorie is not a calorie. You know, um, 100 calories of, of blueberries is not the same as 100 calories of uh, junk foods. So yeah, yeah. Food is information for your brain to process and to operate and to optimize your health. So, you know, sometimes the bodybuilding and fitness industry industry push that, you know, just count your calories and macros where I'm very against that. I'm like, yeah, I'm agree with, I a hundred percent agree with you with that. Telling me a locally grown blueberry, you know, with, with grown in nutrient rich soil is the same as some highly processed 
thing that equals the same calories and how your body processes that, that's the biggest BS I've ever heard. I mean, it just logically, you just take the logic aspect of it. Yeah. A lot of I mean, things the result, the initial results will still be the same. I do believe in calories in, calories out. I always say this to people, and, mm-hmm. and I have a fitness background too, so in, from school. So, but I mean, we go to, I always say everything's a house, front door, back door, calories in, calories out. If less is coming in, more coming, you're going to lose weight. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, but the way you feel, the long term effect on your body Mental makes a health, huge difference, what you're saying. All these other things. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, calories in, calories out if you want to lose weight or gain weight. But in terms of all the other elements of what it is to be healthy internally and, uh, yeah, and, and, and also the way, the way you sleep, the way it, it just, exactly. it, your food controls all that. Exactly. Your energy, your mood. Like you eat shit, you're going to be in a shit mood. It's just this reality, right? So, yeah, I love that you're saying that. We're, we're, so your love for fitness and all this stuff like that, it started at a young age. Did you study it at all? Or was just more of self-adapting, self-taught? Just all self-taught. Um, yeah. I studied a little bit in school and then realized, you know, in college, I was doing kinesiology and then realized it was super impacted and I'd have to spend an extra year and a half of studying. I was like, I'm out. I was like, I, I, I switched majors to sociology. I was just like, what is the easiest thing to get me out of here? <laughs> ordered my degree. I knew I wasn't going to pursue anything further than a bachelor's, most likely. Yeah. So I was like, you know, give me my piece of paper and let me finish my basketball scholarship and get out. So, um, but it was all self-taught. It's still self-taught. Uh, again, I do a ton of research, uh, you know, I, I form my own theory and understanding of things from other experts. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're all bio-individual beings. We're all extremely how, different. How was your mindset with fasting? I'm big on fasting. Yeah, so um, am I. I'm big for multiple reasons. One, for what it does to you physically, but also what it does to you mentally. It's taking control of your body and your state. So it's like this, I'm controlling my body. My body's not controlling me. And it's this discipline mentality that I get from it too, of like turning my my brain off, you know, to to let it know, like, you know what, I'll tell you when you can eat. And it's uh, beyond also the the health benefits of it, which, which I see and I'm all for. Um, is also the mental it's I look at like for example an ice bath the same way it's it's the physical benefit but also that mental push of when people like do you do cryo I'm like no I don't I just do ice baths at like 35 degrees because that mental toughness it instills in you of of getting comfortable with it you know uh, discomfort I I can't stand ice baths (laughs) I can't fucking stand ice baths man I I I don't even the people are like do you take a cold shower in the morning hell fucking no I put it I I I love my hot baths put some Epsom salt and put like what I I literally two three times a week I'll take an extremely extremely hot bath loaded with Epsom salt to the point where I'm putting my little toe in there I pull it out I put two toes it's so hot till when I sit in there I'm like burning yeah that I enjoy saunas saunas I enjoy I can't stand cold and maybe yeah, because I'm yeah. from Canada and we're cold. It's it snowed yesterday here. We're in yeah. mid-April and it's oh, snowing. Yeah, okay. It's we snowing, do. right? So it's freezing outside today. So maybe I, I, my body does not you're adapt. Traumatized from the you traumatized <laughs> from the cold weather there. <laughs> I can't I can't stand ice baths, but I, I am a huge uh, proponent fan of uh, fasting, and, and there's just different benefits. I mean, the minute I learned how your body has two things it could do and it cannot do them at the same time whether it's digesting food or healing and when you mm-hmm. think about that and somebody and when i was trying to understand that somebody brought it to a very lame understanding and said when you're sick do you want to eat and i said no that's your body trying to heal 
Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. So it isn't what it's just telling you, hey, don't put food in me. I'm trying to heal. So giving yourself that those six and I, I intermediate fast and I actually don't fast on Saturdays and Sundays. I fast Monday to Friday weekends. Okay. I have breakfast with my kids. I like breaking the fast. I like, I don't want my body getting regulated to it. So yeah, I go Monday to Friday. I do about 16 hours. We do from, I do roughly around 8 30 PM to about noon the next day, noon, 12 30. It depends on my, my schedule and, and it, it works for me and I feel great on it. Um, uh, it just, it just works. And yeah. injury wise, I don't know if it, it, it I, I'm sure all these things have a, a, a huge holistic approach because I'm, I'm, I'm very strong on vitamin. I have vitamins. I, I take a crap load of vitamin D's and I take my omegas and all that stuff. But the, the fasting is a huge part of it. Um, the thing I've struggled for years is my, is my sleep patterns. And that's something, how, how are your sleep patterns? I'm, I'm pretty good, but I also do things to optimize sleep. Um, Explain. So like- for example, blue light blocking, you know, after 9 p.m., I ensure I'm wearing blue light blockers for anything artificial. I try to limit, I mean, in a in, just in reality, I'll, I'm often working on my computer at 10, 11 o'clock and yeah, make yeah. sure I don't take those blue light blockers off. Um, using magnesium at night can also help with, I do that. with relaxation. Sleeping in a cold room is also good. So, yeah. Um, it helps regulate your body temperature and, and by keeping that down, it also, um, it also helps with sleep patterns. Yeah. Uh, blackout curtain. So I have no light in my room at all. That's another good one is to, uh, make sure, you know, when you do wake up, you see natural light straight away, but keeping your room completely dark is, is another way. Yeah. Um, what else do I do? Uh, uh, I've got a, um, when, when's your last meal before, before bedtime? How many hours prior? Um, I mean, me personally, I'm often eating close to bedtime just because yeah. like, my schedule's so crazy right now. I'm often eating dinner at like ten o'clock. Yeah. But in a real, you know, if I did have control of that, I would probably three hours before bed so your body's yeah. not digesting close to yeah. sleep. Yeah, I try to do that. And then um, uh, a diffuser is good too. I put lavender. I have lavender diffuser next to my bed, which you know. Yeah. I have a lavender cream. Okay. <laughs> I, everything you're saying, I try, man. I just, yeah. I just have, I have very broken sleep, and I don't know what it is. I take my magnesium. I try not to. Um, uh, also, meditating before bed is a good thing you could look. Yeah, at. but we're focused on breathing. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, breath, yeah, work, breath, breath, breath work. Yeah. Yeah. I try that sometimes. Sometimes too. I can do a lot. Yeah. I mean, because it, it's just I'm people- so I'm so wound up, and I'm a heavy dreamer like i i get into very so maybe i'm getting to a good REM sleep but i get into very aggressive dreams on a regular basis like i can remember all my dreams when i wake up yeah and i dream all night long i go to bed and it's guaranteed i'll have three four pretty pretty aggressive dreams and i've been like that for years you have lucid dreams they do like lucid dreams yeah 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 i mean they're there i wake up in like sweats oh wow yeah. And, and it's been like that for years. And I'll, and I'll literally, like, I even try drinking like, like, uh, chamomile teas before I go to bed, trying everything. I've tried everything, buddy. And, and it's like, I, I do sleep. I, if you actually look at my sleep, I probably get my seven hours, six and a half, seven hours, but it's, it's so broken. I'll wake yeah, up yeah. six, seven times. So it's mm-hmm. just like, wake up, churn, boom, 
refocus, try to get back to sleep, boom, wake up. And it's been like that for years and years and years. And the last year, my, um, my, 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 my father passed away and then that just elevated everything to another level of dreams. Right. So it's something I've struggled with. I mean, no one's perfect, right? Everybody has their own thing they're working on, but it's, uh, yeah. that's uh, health wise. That's the thing that I, I, I need to really, really kind of figure out man because it's not you you wake up and you're tired and i'm i'm up at 5 30 4 30 5 30 usually in the morning between that yeah. period um and it depends on the night before what time i go to bed but it's 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 i'm drained but i force myself to get up and then once i'm up and wash my face jump in the shower and do stuff i'm good to go but it's a it's a struggle to get out of bed it's a struggle do you, right do you go to sleep the same time every night for the most part it's hard, right? I got two active kids, right? So my kids are very active in sports. I mean, it's crazy you're saying that. Uh, my son, uh, obviously, this will be, uh, this is a little delayed here when we release this, but my son's birthday is today as we talked. He turns 14. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, the first thing I did is the local gym. They allow 14 and older to join the gym. And that this morning I went and that was one of the first thing I did is buy me your membership at the gym. My kids have been actively working out from five to six years old. It's, it's something we've done fitness-wise. Is fitness is a huge part of our life. Like our kid, my kids get home. They don't play video games. They argue who's going on the treadmill. My daughter's turning 16. My son That's just turned 14 and they're fitness fanatics. My, my daughter goes to the gym with me all the time. Like they're fitness fanatics. And why do you think, uh, sorry, not to cut you off. why do you think, do you think that was like instilled in like just, no one, no one instilled in me. I, I instilled into them. My son, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, we'll talk about this on another day. Um, yeah. I, I'm very open. My story with my son, my son was, um, was uh, a sick kid baby. Uh, sick kids is, is we're very fortunate. One of the greatest hospitals in the world in Toronto, Canada it's called sick kids hospital. And he spent the first four months of his life there. And um, when he was uh, finally released, we forced doctors to release him. Um, he had um, seven organs uh, severely damaged at birth. And uh, he was um, diagnosed with uh, CP, cerebral palsy, and he was supposed to be confined to a wheelchair his whole life. And just to speed up the little, I mean, most people know my story. Yeah. I obsessed where I didn't want to put that label to control his whole life. And I obsessed that I was going to get this kid to walk. And from day one, I went from possible wheelchair to by five years old, he was wearing AFO braces. And we made set something, we set a goal before his 13th birthday, we're going to be out of his braces. And the night by his 12th birthday, we're of his braces. The day before he turned 13, we ran his first marathon. And this kid is a fitness oh, fanatic. Wow. And this has been this, and it's been this journey through fitness. It's yeah, been this yeah. incredible journey through fitness and um, a lot of therapies as well, but fitness has been a majority of it. And, and uh, his, it, it, we almost kind of, it's, it's amazing how the human body is, especially at that age, his body, his brain almost reprogrammed, recreated new maps, almost new highways. And he was supposed to be all right-handed, but his body was severely damaged on his right side. Now he's fully leveled out. But um, so he's learned how to do everything with his left. So he's became this incredible little lefty pitcher and he's, and he's just turned 14 today, but he's an incredible lefty pitcher. He's into sports, plays baseball competitively. Um, so it's been, it's been this incredible journey. He's, he's, he's my, my little joy of my life, right? This kid is like my little best friend. Right. So, um, but that is, that, that essentially started the whole thing, right. From a very young age was um, manipulation of his toes and, and putting his fingers into, into plaster scene. It just started the process. And we went through a process, right. Where we would set all these crazy goals on his wall where, okay, we're going to hop on one foot. It took, and I would tell people all the time, it took almost four, three and a half, almost four months to hop on one foot, but it was this thing every single day till we got it. Then we started the next one. And now this kid's like on one foot 
like hopping upstairs and doing whatever he like it's just incredible what this kid does right but it's so amazing how um from that age and obviously as you and the goal was before 14 15 to, to really maximize his fitness to mm-hmm. really really build those building blocks right and and then through the process my daughter just started tagging along and really fell in love with fitness and she's a high performance dance star but she's 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 15 she's turning 16 next month and she does 15 full male chilling ups she does like 50 male oh, like, wow. full push-ups like she's a beast yeah, like yeah. we were at the gym the other day she's late pressing she's uh 97 pounds she's late pressing 305 <laughs> she's, it's, so it's incredible so fitness I, i'm i'm a he uh, fitness is a huge part of our family like we, on weekends we go for hikes we go for bike rides fitness is a huge huge part of us and i and i think it's something i, I wish more parents did with their kids yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. That's that's so cool to hear, you know, what you've instilled in them too and, and their own journeys as well through life. Because when I eventually do have kids, it's it's definitely something I want to instill in my family and teach them, you know, everything I've learned and all these values that I have and, and pass them on, you know, and, and give them the opportunity at least to learn from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So with yourself, I mean, obviously you're you're, you're doing... The management side for Zion. Is there anything else you're doing? You say supplement company. You still have that? No. So supplement company, me and Mada, who you know, other guests on your podcast, um, ran together. Learned a lot of just running a startup. There's a lot, so many obstacles. Yeah, getting of course. In supplement space so saturated. So you, saturated. Such a hard industry to get into. It's, it's tough, and we, you know, as your first startup without like real management and mentorship, running the business was yeah. tough. I mean, but again, learned so much. So um create a great products an awesome brand and vision and mission and that's where we initially got zion involved in but now i've i mean i've opened the doors to do other things for sure the net again the network networking aspect of what i do is the most valuable to me and where i love to just connect with people so working on a couple other businesses um one is, you know, monetizing different platforms. I've got a Facebook monetization platform that I'm working with a couple of individuals on. Um, doing some stuff in the NFT space. I'm also hopping on board my friend's management business where he finds, he, he works with some brands and creators and, and aligns them. So influencers and talent. Yeah. He also raises a capital for these companies. So he's got a closed investment group, which. Which is um, very cool. Yeah, so I'm going to, and they all companies in the health and wellness space. So it's, again, my passion and interest. And then he also has a supplement company, which I'm, you know, helping out to a degree with R&D and product development and taking my interest and knowledge and passion and putting it to that. And um, and then a lot of it is too, just uh, making introductions between, you know, good people and, and kind of, you know, creating a, a broker's fees through through stuff like that of, aligning good brands with 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 good people and um so i'm kind of kind of all over the place with, with what i'm doing i'm also helping i don't know if you heard of the imperfectly perfect campaign podcast no it's um it's out of a, a guy in the uk uh sorry a guy in australia from the uk and uh, he started this podcast during covid to uh help improve mental health uh, the imperfectly perfect campaign so he's had on joe Dispenza, gary v wim hoff um, a lot of high level people and he actually wants me to help build out the brand and, you know, turn it into something bigger than it is, which it's already something pretty awesome, but he did it for the right reasons. Now he wants to learn to kind of bring in some sponsorship and monetize it a little bit more and 
Uh, so he's an awesome dude and he's he's reached out and Zion's been on his podcast too. That's that's how we initially met. And then I was on there as well. Oh, very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's keeping yourself diverse and keeping creating as many passive incomes is yeah. massive, massive, massive. I don't I know if you know, like obviously you know, do you know what I do full time, like the main business? Um, that is that the boxing. Yeah. So that, that I've been, I started that brand. I, I, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur for years. I've had a couple of gyms. I've, I've done, uh, we've done event companies. We've done all kinds of stuff. Um, I started that company, uh, Kamora where in January, oh, it started prior, but we launched officially. I say we, I launched officially January 20th, 2006. So it's been past 16 years. We've had that brand oh, wow. and in Canada, we're, we're top dog in Canada. We, we deal with about 1800 gyms right across North America. We deal with a complete wholesale. So we design and manufacture the actual equipment. So we're oh, from ground zero up. We design, we have a, our, uh, we have a design team here. We have everything, everything works right through the office here. And I'm, I'm in the studio, but I'm looking, it's a, it's a studio setting. So we got everybody else outside the, the studio here in the office. And then, um, and then I, I, I'm a strong believer in real estate, love real estate. I started that about 11 years ago and uh, I built a great portfolio of uh, commercial and vacation rentals. And I think that you, you can't go wrong with real estate. That's where the money is. And especially when you create a passive income from it and you're not doing nothing and just bringing you money every month. I mean, that's ideally where you want to be. And then from there, the pocket is exactly what you said. It it just started from from COVID. Like I, I, I ended up taking pen to paper, wrote a book, which is called entrepreneurial dad became a number one seller in 11 categories. And then from there, I, I, I just started the podcast and it was just for fun. And just, I never thought it would get to where it is. Right. And to me, it's not, it's just the fun, just meeting people, talking to people that are just good, good people like you connecting with good people and just, and building relationships and networking and, 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 and just, just seeing where those relationships go. Like some of these people I've had on my podcast now, they become such close friends of mine, like literally buddies of mine where I'm part of, I'm part of different boards of boards, uh, directors of board, I mean, board directors, and, and I'm part of just different men groups and different stuff where I've built these incredible relationships with just individual they're all my show as guests right and then through that it just you start getting like you said like i've been a guest on a little over 100 shows in the last 12 months as a guest so you start building relationships in that way too so networking i love what you're saying that because everything comes down to networking doesn't matter what type of business no matter what it is if you're good at networking and you have a good intentions of what you're doing that comes across to people people in general will help you people in general will just like you have you've, you've connected me with people i'm going to connect you with people it's just yeah. it's just it's just how it all works together right yeah yeah exactly I, i've realized too like business is all about who you are as a person and 100 oh, you know that that's all it really comes down to is like you know do do you put good out into the world and do people want to help you for, for the right reasons because good people want to help other good people or just help people in general yeah and uh, that's why it all falls back to me to integrity and honesty and transparency and the way you operate as a human and, you know, being authentic to yourself and, and being really who you are and owning that. And I think there's a superpower in that because society's pushing people so far in another direction of look like this and comparison and what social media does to people. And there's truly a sense of peace, just being who you are and, 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 putting that out into the world and portraying that in, in a very real way. Cause I always say you can't fake real, you know, no, no, no real is real and you can't fake it as much as you try to, yeah. somebody tries to be something else or it's like, you know, so I, I don't know. I've always kind of had my own way of doing things from a young age. My mom actually keeps a diary on me, which I've been reading recently. On, on I love my, it. I love from it. Zero, from zero to 19. So I moved to the U S and I, 
look back at seeing tendencies I had as a kid and what I did and who I was knowing my younger self. And that's, there's a lot of power in that too. And because and, it's like, who was I before society kind of, you know, program me or, or to a degree, everybody's, you know, influenced by society. So I often look back and refer to like my younger self and that's, you know, again, I have incredible parents that were able to, uh, to do that. I love it. Are your parents still in New Zealand? Actually, they're in Australia. So Australia, whole- Australia yeah. now. They, they moved to Australia after I came here. And uh, so they, they've been there for about 11, 12 years. And my parents are actually coming to visit next month. So I haven't seen awesome. them for over two years since, oh, awesome. you know, prior to COVID. I was home in, I was in Australia, February 2019. Um, so super excited to uh, to have them come visit. And um, my, my dad's first time in the US. My mom's always the one coming. So yeah. now they, they have opportunity to come together and, um yeah it'll be it'll be special for sure so just you know i'm going to take some time off and hang with them appreciate them appreciate them life is life is short buddy i mean my my dad passed away like i said next month will be uh, a year that he's been gone and uh uh i i was the 45 year old craig that i would talk to my dad three times a day like i would literally call my dad on the way to work every day on the way home every day and i would call him to say goodnight every night we'd have a conversation every night before i went to bed and uh when they're gone, man, it's, 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 it's that, that empty, that, that emptiness, right? I know you're a little different because you're, you're away. Like I would see my dad on a weekly basis. I was very lucky, very, very, very lucky, very fortunate that I had spent so much time with him and he spent a lot of time with his grandkids, but um, it doesn't matter. I and mean, the, the miss, the heartache, the, the, the sorrow, the, the, just the love is gone. It's, it's always there, but it just feels like it's like it, there's so much more I wanted to still do with them. So I appreciate all the time you have with your parents, right? So I, I, I'm glad you're they're going to come visit you and spend some time with you. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's funny, like little things, like my mom always texts me, like text me when you get to LA or when you get uh, off yeah. the plane. I used to be like, you know, it was a nuisance. I was like, man, like, you know, I'm fine. But then I started to see things from her perspective and be like, you know, I'm still her little baby. I'm still her child. I'm still... Her kids are everything to her. So when I started singing to her perspective, I was like, you know, I appreciated it more. To have good parents is I also realizing to have good parents is is far and few, you know, like not many people grow up in good homes. So I was yeah. like, as a child, you think everybody does. But then yeah. as I got older and realized a lot of people come from broken homes and different yeah. backgrounds, um, I was like, wow, I'm so fortunate and blessed to have people that taught me good values and being a good human. And yeah. I can still have empathy for people that came from broken homes. And I think that's where I'm able to relate to, you know, Zion and, and other individuals. I work with a lot of other challenged athletes or athletes yeah. with disabilities, but I'm able to just connect with them in a, in a certain way. I don't know what it is, but you know, they, a lot of them gravitate towards me and just being a good person. And, and I think that's what it is being a good person. I mean, you can't, like you said before, you have real, you, your realness, you can't fake. Yeah, yeah, and I love that you said that your mom texted. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I mean, that's that's my mom. She's always. I'll drive for like three hours, four hours, and she'll text me like, "Make sure you call me. You there? I want to make sure you're safe." And I'm like, oh. but it's yeah. like, it's just that part of me is like, I'm so used to doing it. It is. I just do it, right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's, 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 special. it's so special, so special. Like, no, it is. It's it's that like reminder. Someone really, truly, deeply cares about you, and it's like, yeah. You know, I, yeah, so often now my brain's like, I get off the plane, I just text them home. It's like giving her peace of mind is, is always, more- always a mama's boy. Yeah, I, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, yeah. I love that you said that. And it's something where 
Um, I've done something uh, for years now. Uh, on my kid's birthday, I write a letter to them from the last year. And I write like the last year, like memories and things we've been through, things I, I, things I didn't like, things I liked. I just write a letter and I put it away. And one day when I'm not, when I'm gone one day, they're going to have letters all the way through their whole life. They'll sit back and read. Wow, and I've been doing that for years. And I love that your mom did a diary because it's something that I think majority of people don't even think of. No, and, yeah, and, and if anybody takes anything out of this podcast as a parent, I think that is the coolest thing they do. Because now you said that you have the opportunity to read it back. It's so fucking awesome, right? And she updates it every month. So like, <laughs> she's still doing like, it. Oh no, sorry. When she gave it to me to read, but yeah. it has, it has a, an update every month from birth to 19. So it's a pretty big diary because <laughs> written out like, you know, Craig did this, this, and this. And, uh, but you know, my mom always joke. She's like, tell me another mom that's got a diary for the child. <laughs> I, I've never heard it before. Like I do the letters and yeah. somebody, somebody taught me that, uh, God, how many years ago, quite a few years ago now I've been doing it for maybe for about nine, 10 years now, yeah. but it's, uh, it's just, it was just, it was just, it's just a cool thing where, like I said, one day when you're not here, be able to sit back and yeah, reflect. I'm a strong believer too. And even when you have kids one day, Craig, yeah. um, taking photos and developing them. I, I put this in my book. Like I wrote this in my book. It's something I, I try to teach a lot of people is a lot of people take photos. Everybody has photos. They're in the cloud. They're on their phone. But how many people still develop a photo? So yeah, we yeah. as a family develop. Every time we go on road trips, we go on vacation. We develop all the photos. We put them in my wife's scrap and put them in an album. How many times my kids are sitting on a Sunday on the floor at the house and just going through old photos and their kids and laughing and telling stories. And as crazy as that, that my dad is gone, we are going through old albums and looking at photos of him when he was younger, going through stories of when I was a kid doing things with my dad. It's it's easy to tell a story, but now that I can sit down with my kids and tell them a story of me and my dad or them and their, their grandpa and have a photo to reflect on or a photo to bring it to life, it's so special. Yeah, so, yeah. so special. That. Yeah, it's true. Especially a world that's going all like digital and everything. Yeah. Like to have, you know, I... I Photography was one of my first hobbies. I used to develop black and white, like in school. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the dark room doing all that stuff and developing my own yeah. film. So um, it's actually, I'm going to put that as a reminder to, uh, you know, maybe yeah. get a, uh, an old school camera and at, le at least, yeah. Oh, you can, I mean, you can still develop even on your phone, right? You just send them to a, a print oh, shop. Sure, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do them. I do, we just do on our phone now and then we go on vacation, take on our phone and we get back and just send them up to the cloud and send them to your local shop, whatever, whatever your Walmart or whatever developing station oh, and print yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. Print them out that way too. Right. Um, this has been awesome, brother. Is there, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Um, and ask you one last question after as well, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, everybody's got a unique story and uh, I think it's important to realize that. Yeah. Everyone has a story, you know, some, some stories might be more interesting than others, but we all have a very unique path in life and we all have, you know, so not, not comparing yourself to what other people have accomplished and other people have done and realizing we, we all unique in our purpose and, and our drive and, the direction we're heading in because we often get caught up in comparison or well, this person's doing that. And I'm, you know, but just being, uh, being patient and finding your, your own path to what, whatever success and happiness means to you. I love it. I love it. And last question. Uh, and I always ask everybody at the end, this is the only question I have set for everybody. If something yeah. were to happen to you today in a few words, how would you want to be remembered or described by your loved ones? Something was to happen to me today. And I think I know your answer because I think we've been through it, but let's let it hear what you're going to have to say. Um, 
is just somebody who remembered who, who lived a life of authenticity and uh, lived a life, uh, staying true to myself. Like, again, this reflects back to my diary because my mom said this as a child. And, um, you know, yeah, j- just remembered for who I really am and for my values and what I truly believe in and, and wanting to make a difference in the world. So I think, um, yeah, that, that's how I'd want people to, to see me is, is, you know, a reflection, how I, how I, how I put myself into the world is, is who I really am. And that's, that's extremely important to me. And what uh, I, I teach people around me at the same time is don't get caught up in everything else. Just, and, and do what makes you happy. Yeah. People often, you know, life is, life is short, man. We're here for a little a path, a little walk on a pathway, right? It's a very short walk. I mean, people sometimes think life is long. It's, it's a very short ride, man. It moves quick and yeah. we all have a different perception or idea of what happiness is. So yeah. it's like, find what, what your idea of happiness, if, if happiness to you is doing X, then do that. Don't, don't, you know, not caring about what everyone else thinks. I think that's the issue is a lot of people live vicariously through other people's success and they look at other people's success through social media and think that is what happiness is exactly having, yeah, having right. a having a million followers that's success that's going to make me happy and when they get there they're not happy or having a lamborghini i'm going to work my ass off and buy this car buy this porsche and that's going to make me happy when they get it they're not happy because they're 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 chasing these artificial things that in their head creates an image of happiness, which is not. So you have to, I love you said that because you have to find out what truly makes you happy. And it can be the simplest things in life. Yeah. And that's why it's an inside job. Fulfillment. And and for me, it's fulfillment and purpose and knowing I make a a positive impact in the world. And that just gives me a good feeling inside. And it makes me feel good to know, like making a difference and improving people around me and um, also doing it through people I work with, you know, with Zion and having that relationship with him is, is a great feeling to me. And, and, and again, as you said, a lot of people chase more and more and bigger and bigger and never fill that void of, of, of happiness. It's an inside yeah. job. It's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. That what it makes you feel and what you do. I love it. I love it. This is awesome, brother. How could our audience get a hold of you? Uh, social media, uh, Craig period Levinson is my Instagram, um, mainly on Instagram or, you know, I'm, I'm more, helping other people build their social media channels. But um, yeah, that, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is Instagram. Love it. I love it. Appreciate this, brother. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah, likewise. Great talking to you. That's a wrap for today. I want to thank our guest, Craig, for taking time as a busy schedule to be a guest on the Jeff Nozine podcast. If you guys enjoy this podcast, much as I have, like always, tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word. We're trying to build something special here. Leave a review. Five stars would be absolutely amazing. Myself, my team love spending time reading reviews. Until next week, guys, keep moving forward.